0: Chapter Eleven of *The Permanent Husband* by Fyodor Dostoevsky. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. By replying thus to Pavel Pavlovitch's greeting, Velchaninoff surprised himself. It seemed strange indeed to him that he should now meet this man without any feeling of anger, and that there should be something quite novel in his feelings towards Pavel Pavlovitch—a sort of call to new relations with him. "'What a lovely evening!' said Pavel Pavlovitch, looking observantly into the other's eyes. "'So you haven't gone away yet?' murmured Velchaninoff, not in a tone of inquiry, but as though musing upon the fact, as he continued to walk on. "'I've been a good deal delayed, but I've obtained my petition, my new post, with rise of salary. I'm off the day after to-morrow for certain.' "'What? You've obtained the new situation?' and why not?' said Pavel Pavlovitch, with a crooked smile. "'Oh, I meant nothing particular by my remark,' said Velchaninoff, frowning, and glancing sidelong at his companion. To his surprise, Pavel Pavlovitch, both in dress and appearance, even down to the hat with the crape band, was incomparably neater and tidier-looking than he was wont to be a fortnight since. "'Why was he sitting in the public-house, then?' thought this fact puzzled him much. I wished to let you know of my other great joy, Alexey Ivanovitch, resumed Pavel. Joy? I'm going to marry. What? Yes, sir, after sorrow, joy. It is ever thus in life. Oh, Alexey Ivanovitch, I should so much like it if— But you look as though you were in a great hurry. Yes, I am in a hurry, and I am ill besides he felt as though he would give anything to get rid of the man the feeling of readiness to develop new and better relations with him had vanished in a moment i should so much like pavel pavlovitch did not finish his sentence velchaninoff kept silence and waited in that case perhaps another time if we should happen to meet yes yes another time said velchaninoff quickly continuing to move along and never looking at his companion nothing was said for another minute or two pavel pavlovitch continued to trot alongside in that case au revoir he blurted at last au revoir i hope velchaninoff did not think it necessary to hear him complete his sentence he left pavel and returned home much agitated The meeting with that fellow had been too much for his present state of mind. As he lay down upon his bed the thought came over him once more. Why was that fellow there, close to the cemetery? He determined to go down to the Pogorielsevs next morning. Not that he felt inclined to go, any sympathy was intolerably painful to him, but they had been so kind and so anxious about him that he must really make up his mind to go but next day, while finishing his breakfast, he felt terribly disinclined for the visit, he felt, as it were, shy of meeting them for the first time after his grief. "'Shall I go or not?' he was saying to himself, as he sat at his table. When suddenly, to his extreme amazement, in walked Pavel Pavlovitch. In spite of yesterday's encounter, Velchaninoff could not have believed that this man would ever enter his rooms again and when he now saw him appear, he gazed at him in such absolute astonishment, that he simply did not know what to say. But Pavel Pavlovitch took the management of the matter into his own hands. He said, "'Good morning,' and sat down in the very same chair which he had occupied on his last visit, three weeks since. This circumstance reminded Velchaninoff too painfully of that visit, and he glared at his visitor with disgust and some agitation. "'You are surprised, I see,' said Pavel Pavlovitch, reading the other's expression. He seemed to be both freer, more at his ease, and yet more timid than yesterday. His outward appearance was very curious to behold. For Pavel Pavlovitch was not only neatly dressed, he was got up, in the pink of fashion. He had on a neat summer overcoat, with a pair of light trousers and a white waistcoat his gloves, his gold eyeglasses, quite a new acquisition, and his linen were quite above all criticism. He wafted an odour of sweet scent when he moved. He looked funny, but his appearance awakened strange thoughts besides. "'Of course I have surprised you, Alexey Ivanovitch,' he said, twisting himself about, "'I see it. But in my opinion there should be a something exalted something higher, untouched and unattainable by petty discords, or the ordinary conditions of life, between man and man. Don't you agree with me, sir?" "'Pavel Pavlovitch, say what you have to say as quickly as you can, and without further ceremony,' said Velchaninoff, frowning angrily. "'In a couple of words, sir,' said Pavel, hurriedly, "'I am going to be married, and I am now off to see my bride, at once. She lives in the country." and what i desire is the profound honour of introducing you to the family sir in fact i have come here to petition you sir pavel pavlovitch bent his head deferentially to beg you to go down with me go down with you where to cried the other his eyes starting out of his head to their house in the country sir forgive me my dear sir if i am too agitated and confuse my words but I am so dreadfully afraid of hearing you refuse me. He looked at Velchaninoff plaintively. You wish me to accompany you to see your bride? said Velchaninoff, staring keenly at Pavel Pavlovitch. He could not believe either his eyes or his ears. Yes, yes, sir," murmured Pavel, who had suddenly become timid to a painful degree. Don't be angry, Alexey Ivanovitch it is not my audacity that prompts me to ask you this, I do it with all humility, and conscious of the unusual nature of my petition, I… I thought, perhaps, you would not refuse my humble request." "'In the first place, the thing is absolutely out of the question,' said Velchaninoff, turning away in considerable mental perturbation. "'It is only my immeasurable longing that prompts me to ask you. I confess I have a reason for desiring it, which reason I propose to reveal to you afterwards. Just now I… The thing is quite impossible, however you may look at it. You must admit yourself that it is so," cried Velchaninoff. Both men had risen from their chairs in the excitement of the conversation. "'Not at all, not at all. It is quite possible, sir. In the first place, I merely propose to introduce you as my friend and in the second place you know the family already the zaklebnikovs state councillor zaklebnikov what how so cried this was the very man whom he had so often tried to find at home and whom he never succeeded in hunting down the very lawyer who had acted for his adversary in the late legal proceedings why certainly certainly cried pavel Pavlovich apparently taking heart at Velchaninoff's extreme display of amazement. The very same man whom I saw you talking to in the street one day. When I watched you from the other side of the road, I was waiting my turn to speak to him then. We served in the same department twelve years since. I had no thought of all this that day I saw you with him. The whole idea is quite new and sudden, only a week old. But, excuse me why, surely, this is a most respectable family, isn't it?" asked Velchaninoff naïvely. "'Well, and what if it is respectable?' said Pavel with a twist. "'Oh, no, of course, I meant nothing. But so far as I could judge from what I saw, they "'They remember, they remember your coming down!' cried Pavel delightedly. "'I told them all sorts of flattering things about you.' "'But look here. How are you to marry within three months of your late wife's death? Oh, the wedding needn't be at once. The wedding can come off in nine or ten months, so that I shall have been in mourning exactly a year. Believe me, my dear sir, it's all most charming. First place, Fedosi Petrovitch has known me since I was a child. He knew my late wife. He knows how much income I have, he knows all about my little private capital, and all about my new increase of salary so that you see the whole thing is a mere matter of weights and scales.' "'Is she a daughter of his, then?' "'I'll tell you all about it,' said Pavel, licking his lips with pleasure. "'May I smoke a cigarette? Now you see, men like Fedosi Petrovitch Zaklebnikov are much valued in the state. But, excepting for a few perquisites allowed them, the pay is wretched. They live well enough, but they cannot possibly lay by money.' now imagine this man has eight daughters and only one little boy if he were to die there would be nothing but a wretched little pension to keep the lot of them just imagine now boots alone for such a family eh well out of these eight girls five are marriageable the eldest is twenty-four already a splendid girl she is you shall see her for yourself the sixth is a girl of fifteen still at school Well, all of those five elder girls have to be trotted about and shown off, and what does all that sort of thing cost the poor father, sir? They must be married. Then suddenly I appear on the scene, the first probable bridegroom in the family, and they all know that I have money. Well, there you are, sir. The thing's done. Pavel Pavlovitch was intoxicated with enthusiasm. Are you engaged to the eldest? no not the eldest i am wooing the sixth girl the one at school what cried velchaninoff laughing in spite of himself why you say yourself she's only fifteen years old fifteen now sir but she'll be sixteen in nine months sixteen and three months so why not it wouldn't be quite nice to make the engagement public just yet though so there's to be nothing formal at present it's only a private arrangement between the parents and myself so far. Believe me, my dear sir, the whole thing is apple-pie, regular and charming. Then it isn't quite settled yet? Oh, quite settled, quite settled, believe me, it's all as right and tight as… Does she know? Well, you see, just for form's sake, it is not actually talked about, to her I mean, but she knows well enough oh how you will make me happy this once alexey ivanovitch won't you he concluded with extreme timidity of voice and manner but why should i go with you however added velchaninoff impatiently as i am not going in any case i don't see why i should hear any reasons you may adduce for my accompanying you alexey ivanovitch oh come you don't suppose i am going to sit down in a carriage with you alongside and drive down there come just think for yourself the feeling of disgust and displeasure which pavel pavlovitch had awakened in him before had now started into life again after the momentary distraction of the man's foolery about his bride he felt that in another minute or two he might kick the fellow out before he realised what he was doing he felt angry with himself for some reason or other. Sit down, Alexey Ivanovitch, sit down. You shall not repent it, said Pavel Pavlovitch in a wheedling voice. No, 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 he added, deprecating the impatient gesture which velchaninoff made at this moment. Alexey Ivanovitch, I entreat you to pause before you decide definitely. I see you have quite misunderstood me. I quite realize that i am not for you nor you for me i am not quite so absurd as to be unaware of that fact the service i ask of you now shall not compromise you in any way for the future i am going away the day after to-morrow for certain let this one day be an exceptional one for me sir i came to you founding my hopes upon the generosity and nobility of your heart alexey ivanovitch upon those special tender feelings which may perhaps have been aroused in you by late events am i explaining myself clearly sir or do you still misunderstand me the agitation of pavel pavlovitch was increasing with every moment velchaninoff gazed curiously at him you ask a service of me he said thoughtfully and insist strongly upon my performance of it this is very suspicious in my opinion I must know more. The whole service, I ask, is merely that you will come with me, and I promise, when we return, that I will lay bare my heart to you as though we were at a confessional. Trust me this once, Alexey Ivanovitch." But Velchaninoff still held out, and the more obstinately because he was conscious of a certain worrying feeling, which he had had ever since Pavel Pavlovitch began to talk about his bride. Whether this feeling was simple curiosity, or something quite inexplicable, he knew not. Whatever it was, it urged him to agree and go. And the more the instinct urged him, the more he resisted it. He sat and thought for a long time, his head resting on his hand, while Pavel Pavlovitch buzzed about him and continued to repeat his arguments. ''Very well,'' he said at last, ''very well, I'll go. He was agitated almost to trembling pitch. Pavel was radiant. Then, Alexey Ivanovitch, change your clothes. Dress up, will you? Dress up in your own style. You know so well how to do it. Pavel Pavlovitch danced about Velchaninoff as he dressed. His state of mind was exuberantly blissful. What in the world does the fellow mean by it all? thought Velchaninoff. I'm going to ask you one more favour yet, Alexey Ivanovitch, cried the other. You've consented to come, you must be my guide, sir, too. For instance, how? Well, for instance, here's an important question. The crepe, which ought I to do, tear it off or leave it on? Just as you like. No, I want your opinion. What should you do yourself, if you were wearing crepe, under the circumstances? My own idea was, that if I left it on, I should be giving a proof of the fidelity of my affections. A very flattering recommendation, eh, sir?" "'Oh, take it off, of course.' "'Do you really think it's a matter of—of course?' Pavel Pavlovitch reflected. "'No,' he continued. "'Do you know—I think I'd rather leave it on.' "'Well, do as you like.' "'He doesn't trust me at all events, which is one good thing,' thought Velchaninoff. They left the house at last. Pavel looked over his companion's smart costume with intense satisfaction. Velchaninoff was greatly surprised at Pavel's conduct, but not less so at his own. At the gate there stood a very superior open carriage. Hm. so you had a carriage in waiting, had you? Then you were quite convinced that I would consent to come down with you, I suppose? I took the carriage for my own use. But I was nearly sure you would come," said Pavel Pavlovitch, who wore the air of a man whose cup of happiness is full to the brim. "'Don't you think you are a little too sanguine in trusting so much to my benevolence?' asked Velchaninoff, as they took their seats and started. He smiled as he spoke, but his heart was full of annoyance. "'Well, Alexey Ivanovitch, it is not for you to call me a fool for that,' replied Pavel, firmly and impressively. Hmm. and liza thought velchaninoff but he chased the idea away he felt as though it were sacrilege to think of her here and immediately another thought came in namely how small how petty a creature he must be himself to harbour such a thought such a mean paltry sentiment in connection with liza's sacred name so angry was he that he felt as though he must stop the carriage and get out even though it cost him a struggle with pavel pavlovitch to do so but at this moment pavel spoke and the old feeling of desire to go with him re-entered his soul alexey ivanovitch pavel said are you a judge of articles of value what sort of articles diamonds yes i wish to take down a present with me what do you think ought i to give her one or not quite unnecessary i should think but i wish to do it badly the only thing is what shall i give a whole set brooch earrings bracelet and all or only one article how much do you wish to spend oh four or five hundred roubles bosh what too much buy one bracelet for about a hundred this advice depressed pavel pavlovitch he grew wondrous melancholy he was terribly anxious to spend a lot of money and buy the whole set he insisted upon the necessity of doing so a shop was reached and entered and pavel bought a bracelet after all and that not the one he chose himself but the one which his companion fixed upon pavel wished to buy both when the shopman who originally asked one hundred and seventy-five let the bracelet go for a hundred and fifty roubles, Pavel Pavlovitch was anything but pleased. He was most anxious to spend a lot of money on the young lady, and would have gladly paid two hundred roubles for the same goods on the slightest encouragement. "'It doesn't matter my being in a hurry to give her presents, does it?' he began excitedly, when they were back in the carriage, and rolling along once more. "'They are not swells, at all. They live most simply.' "'Innocence loves presents,' he continued, smiling cunningly. "'You laughed just now, Alexey Ivanovitch, when I said that the girl was only fifteen. But, you know, what specially struck me about her was that she still goes to school, with a sweet little bag in her hand, containing copy-books and pencils. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha! It was the little satchel that fetched me. I do love innocence, Alexey Ivanovitch. I don't care half so much for good looks as for innocence.' fancy, she and her friend were sitting in the corner there, the other day, and roared with laughter, because the cat jumped from a cupboard on to the sofa, and fell down all of a heap. Why, it smells of fresh apples, that does, sir. Shall I take off the crape, eh? Do as you like. Well, I'll take it off." He took his hat, tore the crape off, and threw the ladder into the road. Velchaninoff remarked that as he put his hat on his bald head once more, he wore an expression of the simplest and frankest hope and delight. Is he really that sort of man? thought Velchaninoff with annoyance. He surely can't be trundling me down here without some underhand motive. Impossible! He can't be trusted entirely to my generosity? This last idea seemed to fill him with indignation what is this clown of a fellow he continued to reflect is he a fool an idiot or simply a permanent husband i can't make head or tail of it all chapter eleven